Coming your way from Malawi, here in the shops at Riverwoods. Welcome, folks, to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose here on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. KSL News Radio and BYU Basketball Facebook Live. That's right, you can go to BYU Basketball's Facebook page and you can see the show as you listen to the show. We are here at Malawi's Greg Grubel, head coach, the Cougars, Dave Rose. We've got Elijah Bryant coming up a little later on in the program. And we're going to start with some football. Dave, last night, national championship game, Clemson and Alabama. And it was a long one, so if you stayed up to the, the, the latest part of the night, you got yourself a great, great finish. And that was a fun one, Clemson and Bama last night. Yeah, what a what a great game! And you know, you, you, but, but for me, everything comes down to players. I just I love to watch players uh, perform in really pressure situations. That's why you know all these big games, uh, big golf tournaments, you know the World Series, all those kind of things to me because that's the the highest pressure. And you watch uh, Clemson last night. And they had to win that game twice. I mean, Sean Watson had, came, took that drive with about eight minutes and, and took his team down, and they scored a touchdown, and, and uh, there's four or five minutes left in the game. And then Alabama does what they always do. They just don't ever lose. And so they go down and score a touchdown. And then he had a couple minutes, and he had to go down and take his team all the way through. And he had some kids make some really big plays for him. But he put the ball almost right in the right spot every time with the right read against the very the best defense there is out there in college football, and he wins the game twice on the very last play. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, you can't you can't make that kind of stuff up. You can't draw it up. It just happens. And uh, uh, what a special kid! What a, what a, a great quarterback! And there's so many stories and so many great athletes out there on the field, but. Um, that quarterback was something last night. Now, ESPN broadcasts the game uh, on multiple platforms, and so for the entire game last night, I decided to watch the uh, the coach's film room version of the game because Kalani was on. Yeah, I heard and that. And so I watched the whole broadcast with the sick coaches talking about the places they were going on because I wanted to see what Kalani was going to say. And there were some classic moments there too. And so I watched the game uh, that way, and Kalani's point was really good at the end. Um, he said... Alabama's defense, they got tired. Yeah. And, I mean, you think about it, Clemson ran 99 plays. Bama had never, ever defended 99 plays in a game in their football history until last night. And by the end of it, that, that, that's an elite defense that may have just been gassed. Yeah. And, well, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. How, how many games did they play this year where they didn't give up 21 points in an entire game? And uh, – but that, that a lot of that goes to that uh, you know that quarterback and then his receivers were were tremendous last night. I think the uh, the kid that got hurt for Alabama, their big running back, Scarborough I think that hurt him third, because yeah. he could have kept them, he could have kept that offense off the field a little bit more. And you know, back to your point about Kalani in that room, I heard a few things today from just <laughs> different people, and uh, I think Kalani made quite a few interesting points when the, one fellow was going after him about the the missionaries and the, the age and the Syracuse. The coach, fact yeah. that yeah. Uh, he came back with, if this was an athletic advantage, advantage that uh, as far as the missions were concerned that Alabama would be doing it, you know. And they're not doing and it. They're not doing it. <laughs> so it's not really that much of an advantage. I think that, uh, you know, Kalani is uh, obviously uh, really well prepared for the position he's in right now, that's for sure. Yeah, Kalani's line about uh, these guys didn't go on missions to Gold's Gym, I can tell you that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he yeah. rarely, rarely gets these guys back in, in prime physical condition. And it goes for basketball, too. I mean, yeah, you, you, your guys – really have a way of working themselves back in, but it never happens at the drop of a hat when they get back. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's it's terrific for the ones where it really works for. There's quite a few guys that it doesn't really work that well. There's injuries involved and trying to get back, and then interest levels. There's also uh, 
roster change that kind of hurts sometimes when the missionaries come back. They, cut the, they had a great freshman year and they come back and now the roster spot is different and there's two, you know, maybe more uh, productive guys in front of you. And so after a year or two, you don't play as much. You, you lose interest. I mean, it's it is a real challenge. And I have the utmost respect for guys who uh, who serve and come back and actually make it work because it's a it, it, it's another uh um, challenge that they put into the whole the whole piece of trying to become uh, an elite high school high school athlete and become a very good and productive college player. College football segueing into college basketball here on Coach Rose's weekly radio show. And back in the day, 70s, 80s, um, the return missionaries were, were more of a rarity. And then the ones that excelled were even perhaps even more of a rarity. But you've gotten to a situation now where it's uh, almost kind of the norm uh, for the LDS kids uh, to have that as part of their playing career and then get going afterward. And now with the age change, even more so. And you've been really blessed recently to have had uh, some of the best players in the program in the recent years be kids who've actually gone on missions, come back, and, and excelled, whether it was Tyler Hawes or Kyle Collinsworth, and now we're seeing the development of Eric Mika. Yeah, and we've, you know, we've made that a real priority. Uh, I think the, you know, the core base of our program will always be LDS kids, and, uh, and we've had a nice run of kids come through there. I was looking the other day at a banner that they, they redid the banners in our, our marriage center, and all those All-Americans are up there, and I think there's nine or ten of them since I've been here in the 20 years and it's amazing to watch and see those names of those guys and the last three or four have been guys that have you know served come back and then been ready to roll and I, I think that uh, it's uh, I do know this I did it as a player I was in a different situation I was at a junior college and I went and served and came back to the junior college and started my division one career but uh it's uh, it's every bit of even probably more challenging now than it was then. But back then you could kind of do it in obscurity. But now you're out there. Everybody knows. And then everybody's talking about it. And you're out there on social media and you're talking about it. And I, I just uh, I've got all the respect in the world for guys who uh, who have the commitment, the dedication, and, and uh, the drive and desire to, to do both and are successful at it. Do you feel that you guys have kind of uh, come up with um, a formula, the formula, to transition somebody from missionary service uh, to a playing season in a way that gets their bodies ready and, and ready to contribute to, at a really high level? I, I think that ours is the best, and, and that's what we kind of promote to the kids. And uh, I think that uh, a lot of it has to do with trying to get your, mon your body caught up with your brain because your brain is right where you left off. You, you're competitive. You feel it. You want it but you your body's not ready for it and you have to really kind of um you know take time and uh and bring that along at a certain pace and uh, i believe our coaching staff is is really good at it and uh you know i don't think there's any way you can prove who's the best at it but i think we've got a pretty good program and and system and guys who really are committed to it, I think really have real success to it. And the, from key, it. the key ingredient in the formula is the player himself. This uh, guy, he's got to be the kind of guy that's going to do all the right stuff. Absolutely. And the commitment is, is it, it, it's, I think, unfathomable for people to actually understand how much time they, they put into, uh, you know, getting themselves into a position to where they can compete again. And, uh, and at a really high level, it's even more impressive. But I, I do believe that uh, um, the, the, it's set up. Our, our, our whole program is set up now with the, with the, the annex being completed, 
the 24/7 access with uh, our players, you know, in there, 24/6 access, and and the guys can, um, you know, have the weight room, the training room, the the the, the gym that's available to them that uh, you know they can they can you know reach their potential here uh, as well if not if not better than anywhere around. Coach Rose just coined a phrase that we should be using here at BYU quite a lot, 24-6. Uh, yeah. 24-6 <laughs> is a new way of looking at there, things. There's a lot of other things that we have to do on uh, the 124, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, Coach Dave Rose with me, Greg Rubel, here until the top of the hour. And, uh, yeah, we're going to come up after the break. We're going to kind of reset things and, and talk about what happened last week, what's going to happen this week at BYU was on the road and home uh, for a pair of games last week. And this week they're at home and on the road for two more as we are in the thick of the WCC Conference title chase. We're at Malawi's here in the shops at Riverwoods in Provo. And for a fast, healthier, and family-friendly dining experience, come to Malawi's Pizza and enjoy any of our gourmet pizzas, pastas, salads, and dessert pizzas located in Provo, Lehigh, and Spanish Fork. We do our show here in Provo every week. This is BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network, KSL News Radio, BYU Basketball, Facebook Live. That play-by-play -play cut from BYU at St. Mary's last week. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose here on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. BYU fans joining us here at Malawi's in the shops at Riverwoods in Provo. Elijah Bryant coming up in just a little bit here at Malawi's. That was one of two games last week. BYU going to St. Mary's and then coming home to face Pacific. The uh, game at St. Mary's uh, resulting in an 81-68 setback. The win over Pacific, 91-62 on the weekend. And, Coach, uh, uh, scoring 68 uh, at St. Mary's would be like uh, maybe scoring 80 or 80-plus 80 anywhere else, the way they limit the possessions. In fact, from an offensive efficiency standpoint, uh, you were the most efficient team that uh, St. Mary's had faced all year. They were really good that night. They were, and they, they shared the ball. Uh, everything that we did to, to try to stop their main uh, uh, attack, they had a, an option for it and a counter to it. And uh, when, when Longdale, Landale, is playing as well as he was the other night, and I, I think I've been asked a few times what I think was the biggest improvement from him from, when, from last year to this year, Besides the fact that he, you know, he's he, he's in a lot better shape and he can stay out on the floor a lot longer, is his ability to recognize and find open men when you, uh, you know, bring a second defender or you try, uh, you know, maybe to get an arm in there and speed him up a little bit by somebody else, and that he's is really good at finding those guys and those six assists and no turnovers is probably every bit as impressive impressive as the 26 points and because we had a good plan and and he kind of. He kind of really made it difficult for us, and and then the, you know they opened, they, they hit big, big shots. Emmett Nar hits, you know, I think he goes seven, for whatever he went seven for eight or seven for nine, and then goes to San Francisco and goes zero for seven. So we hit him on a good night. They were good for us, and uh, um, and look forward to the opportunity of playing them again at our place. But that's a team that uh, is is ranked in the top twenty-five because of how efficient they are and how well they play together. This Joe Rahan is. I saw a thing the other day that they tried to rank the top 10 glue guys in the country uh, for college basketball, of guys who just hold their team together and make their team work. This guy's played 40 minutes in maybe 15, 14, 13 or 14 of their games, and he has to be out there to, to really make them as good as they are. And, and he, he scored a modest number. And he had a good, he night. had a good night, but he had a couple just huge threes, you know, against yeah. us when we we did everything that we wanted in the plan. The guys were rolling and. And then whack that kid, you know, we were just a little slow to him, and he hits it, and 
And trying to deal with that disappointment is difficult because with the kids, you know, the guys did everything that we wanted and we, and we got burned by the guy that we didn't think could burn us. And, and it happened in three or four different possessions. And uh, I am really proud of the guys, though, how we, how we recovered and responded from that. That's our first real big opportunity as far as a group together on a national stage, playing a nationally ranked team at the time. And we were, we were ready for it. The guys were ready for it. And uh, I think they were surprised. I think, I think that they didn't realize, you know, how, um, how good St. Mary's could play against us. We watched a lot of film on them. And uh, at one time, I think they were shooting 75, 80% from the field, and they just didn't miss. And, and, and then we, got, we had just a, a little run there in the middle of the first half, late in the first half, where uh, we kind of we took some quick shots, some bad shots. Um, didn't get back in transition. They got a couple baskets, and now they're ahead. And that's when it's just so difficult. To, you know, I felt that one of the real plans that we, we could have is going in there, getting a lead, and then trying to speed them up a little bit. But uh, it's hard to speed them up. They, they still were right around 60-something possessions in the game, and that's what they do. 61, which is low-low for you and right around where they want to play. Um, so it, it, it's a tough nut to crack there. But you have beaten them three in a row here, and you get them back at your place. St. Mary's, by the way, the only 4-0 team in our conference because Gonzaga had a game postponed on the weekend. They couldn't get the four. They're sitting at 3-0. So St. Mary's 4-0 atop the league, 14-1 overall. And there are the Zags at 15-0. And as of this second, Coach Rose, the only undefeated team in college basketball is in your conference. Uh, Gonzaga is the only unbeaten left because uh, the new number one, Baylor, as of earlier uh, this week, Loses by 21 tonight. So they go to West Virginia, which is the number 10 team, and that's going to be a tough game to play there. But they get drilled 89-68, to and so they have their first loss this season, and there are more losses likely to come in that tough league. And so it's the Zags by themselves right now. Yes, we've all got a, we've all got a real challenge. And, and uh, you know, we, we play a lot of games before we get to the Zags, and we kind of watch them with, you know, uh, out of the side of our eye instead of uh, because we, I think we're seven, eight, maybe nine games away from actually our turn to play them. And so, uh, you know, hopefully someone gets them by them. But if not, then it'll give us, you know, a chance again on a national stage to uh, try to do something big. And, and hopefully our guys will be ready for it. And the Gonzaga-BYU series is interesting of late because of who wins where in this yeah. series. Yeah, it's kind of gone backwards. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've had so many rivalries in the years that I've been here. The the big rivalries with UNLV, and that was always a crazy rivalry. We had a few years there where they would beat us on their home floor by 30, and we'd beat them by the uh, 30 at our place, and that's a rarity. I mean, how, you, how do you get that, you know, spread? But uh, this has been two years in a row now, I think, where it's uh, they beat us up there, and we beat them down here. We beat them on senior night up there a few it's years never ago. Happens. They beat us on senior night at our place here, which rarely happens. Right. So, uh, you know, th there's uh, – there's a, a you know a, a new kind of a, a vibe going through there, but they, this team is good. We actually thought that uh, with the graduation of some you know really talented players, that we might catch a break for a year or two. But one thing you know, that sun comes up and Gonzaga is really good. Those are kind of a couple <laughs> things that happen. Constance. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I want to uh, maybe have you guess here at what the uh, final turnover number was for Baylor uh, tonight in that game at uh, West Virginia. Well, you know, they, they, uh, West Virginia just, oh, that's all they would try to do is turn you over. And I, and I saw a clip last week of Texas Tech when Texas Tech upset West Virginia in overtime. 
and they only turned the ball over 13 times against West Virginia in 45 minutes, which is unheard of, unbelievable stat, and that's obviously why they had a chance to win. West Virginia has a hard time scoring if they don't get the ball turned over. But uh, what was the final score? In Final score was 89 to 68. Mountaineers win it, and the uh, and that's with 29 Baylor turnovers. Wow, uh, Baylor's pretty lucky. If, if they turned it over 29 times, they only lose by what do you say? Lost 12? by 21. Oh, tw okay. 89 to 68. 89 to 68. Okay. Yeah, they got thumped pretty good, and that's what the the Mountaineers will do uh, to you. And uh, you know they shot mid 40s, decent dish number, but uh, that many possessions going the other way. Uh, you know, plus, plus you've well. got you've got all that added emotion of. Of the new number one? Of the new number one. And then West Virginia, I sitting there, how many times has the number one team in the country ask, actually come, you know, to West Virginia and, and actually uh, played there? And so, you know, you've got so much emotion going into that game. And, and Baylor's going to – I mean, it's that, that's that's a real deal. I remember one year we got ranked as high as number three. And uh, you get the other squad's best shot, especially when you got a number in front of your name. All right, we're taking a break, and before we do so, a uh, couple of thoughts about Elijah Bryant, who is our player guest coming up in the next two segments, Coach. Well, I'm, I'm this past weekend was really happy for Elijah because he got back on the floor. He'd been gone for ten games, and and the first six games that he played, he didn't really see the guy that we know him to be as far as what we saw last year in practice every year. I mean, every day. So, uh, you know, the fact that. Uh, uh, he, he helped us in the St. Mary's game, not much of a flow at all in our offensive uh, game there, but I thought that against Pacific that he was really effective, really efficient. I think you got to see a lot of what he can do the last two days in practice. I think he continues to get more confidence. The more confidence he gets, uh, the, I think the the stronger his body feels. And uh, and he's, he's finishing around the rim again. And I, I just think that he can really, really help our team uh, on both ends of the floor. He's got good size on the, defense, on the defensive end where he can match up with bigger guards and even guard smaller forwards. Uh, and then on the offensive end, he, he's got uh, a full package to his game. So, uh, I, you know, our strength and conditioning coach, you know, Coach Shork is, is still, you know, trying to test those two legs to get them to where – uh, they're both at full strength, and, and hopefully that'll happen soon. But his confidence is what the, the key for me. He had a really good weekend. All right. He's one of two Georgia guys on the BYU roster. He is coming up next. Tonight's program brought to you by Minky Couture, designer luxury blankets. This is BYU Basketball with Dave Rose on the new skin Cougar, IMG Sports Network, BYU Basketball, Facebook Live, and KSL News Radio. Back after this. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose here on the new skin Cougar, IMG Sports Network. Elijah Bryant is our guest. And so, uh, yeah, keep that going. How about an official applause welcome with, uh, for Elijah Bryant here on the program for the first time this season. Second time on the show as he joined us last year during his uh, redshirt year. So the play-by-play uh, -play call we got there was from Elijah's earlier stint, uh, five games, and then off for ten, and then back for the last two. So it's been a season of phases uh, for you uh, so far, Elijah. You were anxious to get on the floor when the season began. Um, anxious but maybe not 100% ready to go. Take us back to that time and, and why you needed the time off you did to, to come back the way you have. Yeah, I, I tried to come back, um, I guess, a little bit too early, and my knee just wasn't responding. So I trusted the doctors, trusted the coaches, and just to take some time off and um, get a shot and give some time to heal. 
So. Coach Rose, the hope was going to be let's get him right from the start and have him ready to go. But after a while, it's a matter of doing what's best for him and the team, right? Well, the, 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 whole, the whole process is once you get cleared is to see how it responds. And I, I wish we had more time to practice to because practice uh, and, and game experience on, uh, you know, a surgically repaired any part, but especially your legs, your knee, that uh, it responds differently. And, uh, and so I, I think that, you know, it's – Obviously, we did the right thing. And, and the most important thing for me right now uh, with Elijah is that he feels way more confident that it's going to heal and get right and be back to where he was. There was so much doubt in that process, especially when he started to get a little bit of swelling. And mm. we took that first trip to Vegas. And, and sometimes you want, when you get in the elevation, get in those planes, that that really kind of he gets added fluid in, in uh, a spot like that. And. I think that's when he, his mind started to wonder, whoa, what, what is really going on? We drained it there. The doctors were all in, you know, uh, on the same page as far as what should be done. And, and then it, it just didn't respond the way we wanted it to. And the time off and the procedure that he went through, everything has got his mind back where he believes that hey, this thing's going to heal and I'm going to be right and I'm going to get to do what I like to do. It sounds like that's kind of how you described it to us on the postgame. You're getting really close to where you want to be, right? Exactly. Just having faith and trusting the coaches to let me do what I want to do. After having spent a redshirt season last year on the bench watching your guys, it can't have been too much fun during those 10 games, whether wins or losses, to be back on the bench and watching your guys go to war without you there. Yeah, it wasn't fun, but I definitely took it as a learning experience to not get down on myself and be able to coach the younger guys since we have such a young team. Now that you're back in the mix and back in the rotation, how excited are you for this maybe uh, new version of the rotation that can take you guys into league play and hopefully contend for a title here? Yeah, it's very exciting, especially with all the guys we have. I think we, I can bring defense and with Nick and TJ. Um, there's a lot of offense there, and then LJ can facilitate everything. Are you looking and feeling like yourself relative to the things that you used to be able to do uh, as a floor player? Yes, it's all coming back. It's all coming back. Uh, what's, the, uh, what, what's the part of your game that maybe is, is, uh, is still a work in progress for you? Um, definitely dunking. Uh, I, mean, I don't think <laughs> I can get up as high right now, but it's, it's coming. You and Corbin, I think, both have that going. You got yeah. your, your dunks are maybe not uh, exactly where you want them right now, but I see Corb dunking up in practice. Dave, he's getting there. You know, when you compare him to three weeks ago, it's it's tremendous progress that he's making. It's it's just kind of, you know a little bit. Uh, it seems really slow because we've got all these important games in, that are you know, coming to us. But I think there's no question that uh, he'll be back to where he was in pretty soon. Having your first game back being at St. Mary's, what kind of a re-entrance was that into the competitive situation? It was tough. They're they're a great team, but it was um, great atmosphere. It was fun to play. But we didn't get the win, but we'll get them next time. Disappointing loss, but within 36, 48 hours, there you are again back on the floor. And the way you responded, Coach alluded to it earlier, uh, I'm sure you had to be proud of the guys and impressed with how you regrouped as a team and really got after it start to finish on Saturday. Yeah, it was fun. Coach told us to kind of let go of the loss, but also remember it so we can come out there with a little bit of fight. So, How's school going for you right now? Cool. Just started, so hopefully I can get my books pretty soon. <laughs> still waiting for books? Yeah, the, the server was shut down today, so they couldn't get out, get any books out. Uh, are you living on campus, off campus? Uh, off campus by the temple. You living with uh, players or not players? Uh, me and LJ live together. Okay. LJ Rose, uh, as a roommate, what makes him a good, uh, a good guy to live with? Um, or not a good guy to live with? He, he has his space. I have 
I have my space. I'm upstairs. <laughs> he's downstairs. Yeah. You guys coexist pretty well that way. Yeah, yeah, perfectly. Uh, but but still, someone you enjoy chilling with, correct? Oh yeah, he's he's a really good guy. I really like what LJ's brought to this team, and and since you didn't have it, you didn't have him last year. He wasn't part of the roster till the summer. Uh, how quickly was it before LJ just felt like he was uh, one of the guys for quite a while? I think uh, it was very quick, just because he's been through this process multiple times, and he knows how teams come together. So for him to find a way to fit in was pretty easy for him. So. I would say as soon as he came in and got to know the guys, I think everyone pretty much accepted him. Where is he the most valuable on this team, do you think, LJ Rose, that is? I think just his, his knowledge. Um, Coach talks about it a lot. Just with him and KD, they've played college basketball combined 10 years. So there's things they see that us young guys really don't see on the court. So their experience probably. Okay, I, I wanted to ask you before the break here about uh, Kyle Collinsworth, and, and he, who was so good for BYU as an all-around player, and you got to see it up close last year and practice against him. Uh, how much uh, of his game and your game do you think are similar? Um, I think he, he likes to post up a lot. It's not specifically my game, but I'm trying to develop that in this league. Um, he likes to facilitate too, which I think I can do that as well, but he's more of a post-up guy, and I think – I try to get to the rim. and He did to, that really well. Yeah. So, Coach Rose, uh, he's somebody who has a build. I mean, Kyle was a sturdy dude, and I, you know, the, Kyle, uh, Eli is really the same way. Well, I really believe that his, his strength and ability to finish in traffic and through people is, will really add a dimension to our team that is tough. We've got you know, really good penetrators, and we've got guys who can, who, who can finish around the rim uh, if the opportunity kind of presents itself. Eli is a kind of a guy that – he can get going and get in there and finish when, uh, you know, big guys come over to help or, you know, people are trying to step in and, and uh, use their physical bodies, you know, to try to deter him. But he's got really strong hands and ability to finish around the rim is, I think, something that's pretty special. And he's a really good free throw shooter. And so we get him to the line and that helps us. I think uh, in league he's, you know, one of the top guys if, if he did qualified for. With he, number of attempts. He's, he's yeah. one, one game behind as far as his chances to qualify no he's one of the best we've got and uh, BYU's guards and really the team as a group are, are just uh, are really doing well from the free throw line it's going to pay off uh, as the season goes along there's no doubt we'll take a break Eli Bryant is our guest Elijah Bryant uh, from Gwinnett Georgia uh, we've got the 10 question pop quiz coming up for you after the break ready to roll with this sounds good okay pop quiz next for Elijah Bryant here on BYU basketball Dave Rose here on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network Welcome back to Malawi's Pizza here in the shops at Riverwoods for BYU Basketball with Dave Rose here on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Good to have BYU fans with us tonight every Tuesday from 7 to 8. Hope you're with us uh, next week. It is Elijah Bryant, our player guest on the program. We're going to have this next segment be dedicated solely to Elijah's 10-question pop quiz. Uh, these questions are not vetted by anybody. Uh, neither Coach Rose nor anybody uh, else with the program. They just come uh, from the top of my head. Here we go. Uh, number one. Which player on the BYU roster has a listed hometown of Richland, Washington? Uh, Stephen Bayo. Stephen Bayo, correct. E Elijah's one for one. What are the University of San Francisco's team colors? Green and gold. Green and gold. Well done. little hesitation. He nails it. Number three, besides yourself, which of your teammates would you pick to win a ball handling skills drill? TJ Haas. TJ. Uh, number four. Jamal H's jersey number is? 40. 40. So far, Eli is uh, killing this quiz. Uh, number five, who was the Atlanta Falcons' leading rusher this season? Oh, God, I'll watch 
Fox football. <laughs> I pressed him you on the postgame show oh. Saturday. I said, if you had an NFL team, who would it be? And he's from Georgia. He said Atlanta, so I had to drop one of these in. You're not uh, going to get this one, are you? Nope. Devontae Freeman had 1,079 rushing yards this year. Uh, number six, uh, how did you end up with the, jer uh, the jersey number three here at BYU? Well, this has been my number my whole career besides the Elon. Uh, someone had the number there, so. You, you took double three there, right? Exactly. 33, Elon, so back to three. Three is your natural chosen exactly. number? Okay. Any reason for three? No, just had it my whole life. Okay. Uh, seven, true or false? The 99 plays Clemson ran last night are the most plays ever run against the Alabama football program. True. That is true. He's six for seven. Uh, number eight, what is the nickname of the William and Mary athletic programs? Tribe. Yeah. The Tribe. Way to go. Nicely done. Yeah, he yeah. comes out of the Colonial Athletic Association at Elon, and they played William & Mary. The Tribe. Way to go. Uh, eight for, uh, seven for eight. Here we go. Uh, question nine. Against which team did you make your first three-point basket as a BYU Cougar? Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Right on. And number ten. To go nine for ten, which member of the BYU coaching staff played in 103 games and recorded 149 assists during his BYU Cougar career? Terry Nashif. Terry Nashif. <laughs> Nine for ten, everybody, for Elijah Bryant. We're back with more BYU basketball. Dave Rose on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Welcome back to Malawi's here in the shops of Riverwoods for more BYU basketball. Dave Rose here on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network, KSL News Radio, BYU Basketball's Facebook Live page. Yeah, you can watch the show every week. Uh, we are brought to you in part by Smith's Market Fresh Groceries, fresh food for your family and fuel for your vehicle. Low prices, Market Fresh at Smith's. Our thanks to Elijah Bryant for joining us as this week's player guest. Uh, Coach Rose, Eli uh, almost aced the quiz. The only question he doesn't get is about a Falcons running back. And, <laughs> Which is know, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, as long as Eli gets his uh, textbooks, he's going to have a, a fabulous semester That's here at BYU. Right. Yeah, he's got exactly. smarts, obviously. All right, it's time for some Q&A for Coach Rose. We've got the intern Chase. Chase Waite has the uh, wireless microphone in hand. Chase, who do we have first up tonight? Thanks, Greg. We've got Greg Mortensen with a question. Coach, I would like to know what your game day r routine is. Wow, that's a great question. Um, my wife, Cheryl, she's here. She should probably come up and tell you. She's got it down, and uh, it's amazing when I hear her. She doesn't – I mean, she might deny this, but I hear her talking uh, to my kids on the phone or to my grandkids, and if, if it has to do with a game day, she protects me pretty well. And, uh, You're pretty insulated yeah, on game she, day? Yeah, she allows me to, uh, to, have, to keep my routine. But if it's a home game – uh, you know, I'll usually get in the office early and spend some time going through the whole game plan. Then we'll have a, a team meeting, and we'll go out and have a team shoot around, have a pregame meal. I'll go home, take a nap, get to the office, do a pregame show with, uh, with Greg around 6 o'clock, and then get ready for the game. On the road, um, it's, it's as, as similar to that as we can possibly make it. The, the California trips, it's, it's really interesting because that one hour – changes a lot of things on game day like you play an eight o'clock game which is a nine o'clock game in in utah and you think oh it's just two hours but you know you you you, you, you kind of wonder when you eat breakfast but you know because we eat at nine o'clock that's really 10 o'clock and that's sometimes some guys want to eat at 7 30 or 8 so but we try to make it as as uh consistent as possible and it's very similar breakfast uh, team meeting shoot around uh, back for pregame meal uh, take a nap, pregame show, and then we're on our way to go. Do you, uh, in season, do you have a pretty uh, consistent uh, wake-up time, like a day-to-day, Monday-to-Friday, Monday-to-Saturday wake-up, or do you vary day-to-day? -day? No, it's pretty consistent, and I try to get, you know, I get in there, you know, mid-morning, you know, it's not early mornings, but uh, 
the the the, the, day, the day between the game is where it's all messed up because uh, I'll be I'm usually up five six o'clock in the morning there and ready for a, a huge long day because you're preparing especially in league for that next Saturday for and in the first go around it's usually a team that we haven't seen before you know like like we played San Diego on Saturday this week and the only film that I anything I know about San Diego was just the the game clips that I've seen watching them play San Francisco and watching them play St. Mary's and uh, we'll get on that on Friday. So that's, that's an early day. Are you an early riser by nature? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can get to sleep pretty good, but I don't sleep a long time. And my wife's exactly the opposite. <laughs> so what, what's his wake up time daily? Seven ish. Okay. That's reasonable. It's not crazy, you know? Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Chase, who's next up? Next question is from Kirsten Mortensen. Hi, Coach. Do any coaches or players have any game day superstitions? Well, yeah, all of us do. We don't tell anybody what they are. <laughs> <laughs> so you can keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, everybody's got a routine, and when the routine kind of gets busted, every, it, you can tell. Guys get nervous, and, uh, you know, this past Saturday, actually, it, my routine was – changed my grandson got baptized and so we went to a baptism uh in in the morning you know and and you think hopefully that maybe good things will come from that but uh it, it did, did change the the routine I, I would say that uh of all the guys that that tim uh lacombe has got a few things that he really likes to do and if you sometime between 5 15 and 5 45 if you're driving past the MTC and you see a big black truck with both windows down and the, the radio just blasting, you know, some uh, you classic know, rock classic rock group from the 80s or 90s. Yeah, that, that's our coach. He's coming in. That's one of his. Co coach Lacombe, and I guess, well, he's recently uh, started to have a seat near the radio table during pregame and just decompress for a few minutes and then go do his thing. And I reminded him after he got up from his chair uh, for the Pacific game that he didn't do that at St. Mary's. And he said, oh, my gosh, you're right. And so there's an explanation for that loss, and we now have it. Okay. So, <laughs> and that's probably my fault because I kept him in the locker room trying to talk me down, you know, from, <laughs> from what so he let's, knows let's coming. <laughs> make sure Tim has that decompression time. Uh, question before the break, and this is the key one. Uh, BYU, Russ Sidwell has the question of the night. Will BYU be in the NCAA tournament this year? I believe so. Yeah, I, I really do. I think that this group is uh, – is coming along, and you know we've got to take. Uh, I mean, we've got to take advantage of the op the opportunities that uh, present us. And we had one the other night, let it get away, and and our guys responded well to it. But uh, you know those things have got to. Uh, uh, you know we've got to be able to take to take advantage of them. The one thing about it is you get in this position sometimes, and you can't see a way through. But with two teams in your league that are in the top 25 rankings, with the the numbers that they have. Uh, and you have, you know, so many shots at them again. And in order to get to the finals uh, of the tournament, you would play through those guys probably five more times. So I think so. The opportunities exist. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. More Q&A for the coach. And we'll take a look at the week ahead, which uh, is a home game uh, with San Francisco and a road game at San Diego as the WCC uh, path to a conference championship continues. This is BYU Basketball. Dave Rose on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. We're back right after this. Welcome back to Malawi's Pizza here in the shops at Riverwood, site of BYU basketball. Dave Rose here on the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. BYU home to San Francisco and at San Diego this weekend. We'll preview those games with the coach coming up here in a second. By the way, Nick Emery uh, has a three-point streak going that is now 26 games and counting. He and Chase Fisher are tied 
for the second longest three-point streaks in BYU history at 26 games. Jimmer Fredette has the longest streak at 28, and Nick's uh, approaching that te te territory. And, and Nick's been grinding. He just kind of plays through everything and finds a way to contribute game to game, and the three-pointers especially. I mean, absolutely. And, he, you know, he had a little uh, setback a couple weeks ago where he banged up his knee pretty good out in uh, Chicago. And... Um, you know, didn't miss a beat, and actually a couple of those games where he had a really tough defensive assignment and kind of locked down guys. And I think that's one thing that's changed for Nick this year, that uh, um, he's he's got a much bigger role in our defensive game plan and uh, is really responding well to it. He's, he's actually has uh, – um, uh, just when you rate him out defensively, he's really doing a great job for us. His brother, Jackson, we all know, was, was a guy that would lead the league in steals every year. And Nick Emery is right now leading the West Coast Conference in steals per game, both overall and in uh, league games. All right, another question for Coach Rose from our audience here at Malawi's. Uh, intern Chase, who do you have? Thanks, Greg. We got Brian Bendel with a question here. Hey, Coach. How closely do you follow the international careers of some of your former players? You know, Lee Kamard is the uh, the resident uh, uh, stat giver for our guys, and, and he, he kind of keeps us. Uh, Tim has done it for years uh, to, to, to follow the guys and lets us know when they have, you know, the, the big, the real big games. Uh, for me, the, the biggest interest is how their team is doing and if they're winning or not. I, I would really like to, one of these years, uh, have two or three of those teams in the playoffs late in the year, and then Cheryl and I would be able to go over there and, and watch them, uh, and we—it's it, it, you know—it's a the time um, commitment is so difficult then because of recruiting and things. But hopefully they can all keep playing one year. We can get over there and uh, and see a bunch of them play. But we love following them. Jimmer's obviously having a, an unbelievable time in uh, in Shanghai, and that's being kind of recorded, you know, pretty publicly. You see, you see a, a lot of those um, uh, stats in the games that, that he's playing in, but. Uh, uh, it's uh, you know it, it's they're having great you know ties in 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 his is it Turkey or Hungary or Poland that's where he is Tyler's in Poland, ties in Poland. Yeah. And, and so it's uh, uh, Chase is in Italy and JT still in Italy JT's playing yeah and Trent plays that his team just kind of collapsed he's, yeah he's back in the yep. in the annex the other day playing and I'm sure he'll have a job here in a couple of weeks Terrell's done Terrell the day's done finally I guess finished yeah. with his international career but you've had guys sprinkled around those leagues for a long, played for long a time. long time Trent, yep. Trent's you know was leading the league in rebounding so I'm sure he'll, he'll have a job here pretty quick Keenan finally finished playing but we are guys of uh, Charles is out there Charles, oh yeah, Charles was back I saw we saw Charles at Christmas time so um, I, I you know it's a it's a great way to get started and in I think that uh, you know, Lee had a great career over there and actually had a contract, could have gone back, but was ready to get started uh, in his coaching career. And, and then your kids get a little bit older, too. And, and uh, so he and Sarah are doing really well. Jimmer was a D-League guy last year and, of course, now in China. Kyle Collinsworth's in the D-League this year and playing very well. The Jimmer thing, I don't know what the Chinese pronunciation for Jimmer Mania is, but they have it there now. He's now become kind of a, he's kind of a phenomenon again. Yeah. It's just happening over there, and it's, it's really uh, phenomenal to see. He's averaging 39 points a game, eight boards, maybe six, seven assists. Can he get back to the league from China, do you think? I, I mean, I think so. It, it's, you know, it's, it's all about an opportunity and a situation and, and – uh, you know, the bottom line is, I've said this, everyone's asked me a million questions over the, the course of when he's left here and where he kind of you know, got through every year and his opportunities. The one thing I know is if you play him, he will score. And he's kind of doing that now in China. 
We'll take and he a did break. last year in the D yep, league. It's what know. he does. We'll take a break and we'll take a, a quick last look at the games ahead with Coach Rose after this. BYU basketball with Dave Rose. Here on the new skin, Cougar, IMG Sports Network. Closing it out here at Malawi's with a look ahead to the week ahead. It's uh, San Francisco Thursday here at home, Coach Rose, and then San Diego at Jenny Creek Pavilion on Saturday. Yeah, the San Francisco team can really shoot uh, the three-point shot, and that's uh, what we'll have to defend against. And um, and then the San Diego game, that's, it's going to be a grind every time we go down there. Trying to get out of there with a win is a real challenge. Hopefully we'll have a big crowd. The students are back. Uh, on Thursday and look forward to everybody being there and uh, hopefully have a great game. 6 o'clock radio pregame, 7 o'clock tip on Thursday. Fans, thanks for being here. Hope to see you there Thursday. BYU basketball, Dave Rose here on the New Skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. We'll talk to you next week. Good night, everybody.